fiends and horror hounds. This is Brett from Dimension Z. Joined as I always am by Greg of the Dead. How you doing, man? Well, howdy, partner. Happy Throbtober. Yeah, happy Throbtober continues. Yay. And I got, this is a vampire movie. And Greg picked it. Dude, I like vampire movies. I was just tired of you picking them every other episode. I love vampires. I just don't want to be the vampire podcast. Why not? It was so much fun. Shadow the Vampire or Return of the Vampire were great. Yeah, and, like, here's the thing. I like them, but I also like other shit. <laughs> I want to do that stuff, too. And this is a whole different take on vampires. Because you think of, like, Bella Lugosi or Christopher Lee Dracula, where they're, like, well-mannered, and they've been around for centuries, and they have all this fine artwork, and they're, like gorgeous castle that's like so old now it's like kind of falling apart now he wants to go to london or whatever which is like they have their like uh harem of wives that just like at or that are on their beck and call then you have these vampires it's like homeless people just like going from like town to town stealing cars like every two hours Dude, I'm here for cowboy vampires. I never thought I wanted this, but I got it, and I love it. Yeah, it was fun. So this is a first time watch for me. Something I've wanted to watch forever, and we were at a con. And this movie is so hard to find, dude. It went out of print really fast, and it's never streaming on anything. So, like, I found it for 20 bucks at a con. I'm like, yes, I'm taking you. Yes, which, um, like you said, this movie's extremely hard to find. It came out the same year as Lost Boys, so it's another one of those syndromes where, like, Lost Boys did really well, and this one got buried. Yeah, a lot of these movies were coming out at the same time. Like, uh, this fits in more like the Lost Boys Fright Night style, you know what I mean? And it has a lot of the same beats, kind of, as Lost Boys. Like, yeah. the girl so, seduces the guy, and he's not sure, and, you know. Yeah, so, of course, I loved it. Yeah. Um, so, this is from 1987, written and directed by Catherine Bigelow. Yeah, holy shit. Um, won an award for the Hurt Locker, so this is an award-winning director. Yes, it is, and, by the way, Lance Henriksen's in this movie, Brett. Oh. I never knew how much I wanted Lance Henriksen with a rat tail. So I want to thank Catherine Bigelow for giving me this. I cannot. Lance Henriksen's been over in like over 200 movies. It's insane that he's like in this. But being in that many movies, you have to, I guess, expect this sometimes. Well, it's a step up from Pumpkinhead. Let's be real. Yeah, true. But, um, yeah, this movie has a fun tone to it. It's very much like, it's like cowboy vampires, but like, the yeah. outlaw on the run style kind, like, and it's kind of a razor thin plot. If I'm going to be honest, there's not yeah. much to it at all. Well, it's I like to look at it as almost like it's like a clerks like movie of just here's this period of time and these characters' lives that we just enter into. It's no big build up to like here's the backstory of every one of the vampires and flashbacks and whatnot. It's like no, it's like a couple of them kind of tell a little bit, but just like offhandedly. I was thinking about that, and this movie will not be made this way today, and I appreciate that it what came out when it did because people are so obsessed in giving you every little detail of everything. Yeah. We would have flashbacks for all of them mm-hmm. first becoming a vampire and everything like this. What's your story? No, we get little bits and pieces and that's all I need. And then it's left up to my imagination to imagine it happening. And we only get that for a couple of them. A 
couple of the other vampires, we get really no backstory. They're just there. Yeah, they're vampires. They're a bit, they drink blood. That's all I need to know. Yeah, that's it. All right. Um, I guess we'll jump into this thing. It starts off, my notes say Texas or somewhere. It's Oklahoma, <laughs> but yeah, Texas or somewhere. Yeah, it's a, there's desert. I see a guy in a cowboy hat. It's also a yep. great opening shot because it's a mosquito drinking his blood and he swats it away. Yes. Bloodsuckers. Yeah. Caleb, our main character, is meeting some friends at a bar, and his friends see May, our main girl in this movie, eating ice cream, and the one's like, oh boy, I must be dreaming. Oh, they're doing that 100% like western cowboy thing, they're like, well, howdy, darling, as they like flick their cowboy hat and it like goes up on their head a little bit. Yes, exactly. And... So Caleb goes over, talks to her a little bit. She's eating ice cream. I want to point out the vampires can eat and drink other things in this movie. It's one of those ones. Yeah, this isn't one of the ones where there's a few of them where, like, they eat or drink something immediately throw up. Yeah. They just need blood to survive, but they can eat other stuff. I wonder if it's, like, you know if, like, um, Superman, like, takes a shot, it doesn't affect him because his metabolism so much? Yeah. Like. If, like, if they're drinking throughout this entire movie, but are they just doing it just because? I wonder if they're actually getting drunk. I don't know. I never actually considered, like, how alcohol affects the vampire. Or is it, like, what we do in the shadows, where they have to drink the drug blood to get high? <laughs> Maybe. But he's gonna give her a ride home, and they're riding. She tells him to stop the truck, and they go outside, and she's looking into the night, and like, listen to the night. Don't you hear it humming, the noise it makes and everything? And Caleb's like, like, yeah, 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 totally, the night. He's just like staring at her the whole time, of like, okay, so when do we have sex? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And she's like, I'll still be here when the light from that star gets down to Earth. And it's just an awkward situation how this is going and am i supposed to like caleb that's a genuine well, question that's the thing of caleb's character isn't i mean he's not horrible it's not like he's like a murderer or whatnot like we first see him and he's like sticking up a bank but he's immediately just like oh look, look there's a girl i'm gonna go harass her and get her into my truck and then not let her go yeah, he's like a step away from a date rapist, I'm just gonna say. Like, he's like, she's like, I wanna go home. Yeah, it's like, where are we going? I'm gonna take you somewhere. And goes to like, show off his horse to her. Like, oh, look, this is gonna kill kill it. But it doesn't go great because the horse knows she's a vampire, doesn't like her. Like, that's weird, he doesn't like you. But then, take me home. Well, you gotta kiss me first. Again, all these red flags about this dude are hero of the movie. Oh, exactly. Yeah, because she's like, just take me home immediately, please. Which, that should be just like, oh, okay. Sure, you're asking to go home. But he's like, oh, what's your dad waiting up for you? He's going to give you a good whooping? <laughs> or stuff like this. <laughs> and then at one point, he just like stops the truck in the middle of the road and puts the keys down his shirt. And he's like, come on, just touch it a little bit. You know what I want. <laughs> and then she has no other option. Because like the sun's coming up so she's like okay so she starts like making out with him and like she every like th throughout this beginning part they would go to like kiss and she kind of pull back because you know she's like i really want to drink his blood so finally she's like all right you're kind of making me do it and then she like nicks him and then just goes running off into the field just towards shade i guess 
Yeah, or I guess she's close to where they are, I guess, because she meets up with him pretty quick. But he starts, goes to start the truck, it won't start, he's like, oh, God, be kidding me. So he starts going home, and it's morning now, and he's stumbling and sickly looking and, like, starting to smoke a little bit, like, right before his house. He's in the fields on the way to his place. Yeah, and this is where, um... Well, his dad's a vet, which is very important for later in the movie, and his yes. little uh, sister is their helping dad, and it's like, Daddy, there's Caleb, he doesn't look well. I said, what you say, dear? <laughs> he looks up, yep. and he's Caleb, like, smoking, like, not just, like, smoking a cigarette in the in the field, like, literally his skin is smoking, <laughs> and he falls over. Basically, he's real stumbling. Out of nowhere, Jesse and Walter White appear. <laughs> they need to go cook some crystal. And this guy's got the last bit of the car battery or whatever they need. Yeah, this RV starts flying up to it. It's really cool because it's like the desert, so it's real flat and dusty. So you just have this RV coming up with dust flying behind it, and they just yeah. yank him and pull him into the RV. And it's important to remember that his dad and sister see this. Right. So, and that really sucks for, like, our vampire crew. Because this is the best vehicle they have throughout the entire movie. For sure. For traveling and whatnot. Like, because they go inside and, like, all the windows are blacked out. It looks like they've been in here for a little while because it's, like, real cluttered and shitty. Um, I'm sure, because you don't need to get hotels and stuff if you have an RV. Exactly. And what, like, and they have a great plan here where they just, like, pull it into a barn, basically. And that's extra cover. Yep, inside the RV, Severin, look, let me talk about Severin for a second. Bill Paxton's character in this movie, he is not the main character, he's not even the main bad guy. He is what everyone remembers from this movie, because holy shit, is he a vampire for scenery's blood. He is just chewing the hell out of it, and I love every second of this guy on screen. He's like, I wish I was this cool. And if you've never seen Near Dark, you've probably seen the picture of Bill Paxton all burn up and bloody in his leather jacket. Like, that's an awesome fucking poster. Yeah, for sure. I just wanted to make sure you understand just how dripping with cool Bill Paxton is in this movie. And do you know what Bill Paxton was in? What? Titanic! Oh, yes, he was. Well done. (laughs) But... He's going to kill him. He's like, I'm going to kill him right here. And May's like, no, I turned him. And then this is causing a big thing. There's a few vampires in the van, which we'll get to in a second. But basically, the leader, Jesse, Lance Hendrickson, with his rat tail, says, we'll give him a week to see if he's one of us, like if he can hang and everything. Right. Yeah, because we get a quick glimpse around. Yeah, there's the old man, Jesse. There's um a little kid, Homer, Homer. which I love Homer. <laughs> Yes, uh, Diamondback, like Jesse's girlfriend. I'm assuming another older vampire, like who's been around longer. May, we've already met. Severin, Bill Paxton. And like you said, Homer is a little kid who was turned as a child, like interview with the vampire style. And what's up with all the alien people in this? Because we got Vasquez, we got Bishop. Oh, there is a good reason behind this. So Catherine Bigelow was married to James Cameron for a little bit. And basically used most of his cast from Alien in this movie. He's like, we got a good crew. They work well together. Everything like that. That's why. I do know um, when she won. uh, Is it an Oscar? Is that the movie award? I don't keep up the main ones. Rondo's Fango Chainsaw Awards and the Dead Meat Awards are the only one that matter. Um, 
and the Throbbies. Thank you. Man, just burying ourselves there, okay. And the Throbbies. Um, but when she won her Oscar, she was up against James Cameron. And oh, when you awesome. see when you see her like, and the winner is Catherine Bigelow. James Cameron's clapping, but he's slowly shaking his head back and forth like motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that's our whole vampire crew. Um, they pull into the big barn, like we said, and it's night. So Severin goes and steals a car from a car lot, like selling them. The part where Severin goes and gets the car. Right behind the car is a van that has, like, three windows. He goes, yeah, looky here! And it's the car with the most windows you could find. Right behind it is a per, And you could spread out a little bit more in the back. No, he takes the one with, like, su- a sunroof on it, too. Yeah, there's only six of you riding around in this thing. Yeah, this is gonna suck. But... I love when they're torching the RV. Jesse goes, remember that fire we started in Chicago? Which is the Great Chicago Fire, which means they're that old. <laughs> which is amazing. Well, we know how old Jesse is, because at one point he says he fought in the Civil oh, yeah. War. When's, yeah, we'll get when there. Was, when was the Chicago Fire? Because I was wondering when, how old Severin was. 1871. Holy shit. So I was almost picturing Severin just because he was in the leather jacket, that he was like from the 50s or something. No, he just like that style, I'm guessing. So he's, like, super old. Yes. Okay. Yeah, but I just but, love that little off-handed remark of, like, they started the Chicago fire. Just And it's not, like, some big build-up. If that was made today, we could get the big CGI, like, entire town on fire, and them standing there laughing, like, all de-aged, like the new Indiana, Indiana Jones movie. Well, no, they wouldn't need to de-age, because they're vampires. They've looked this way since they've turned. No, but they would still do it for some reason, just because they could. They're throwing money at it. Disney's yeah. doing the new Near Dark. Oh, hell yeah. But, um, Colton's like, I can't do this. He's talking to me. He's like, I gotta leave. And he goes to buy a bus ticket. And he's like, you're not gonna get far. And he gets to the station. This scene, I won't lie, is the only part that kind of drags is this whole bus part. But yeah. I get it, I guess. He only has 11 of the $14 he needs. And he gets a candy bar from the vending machine, but spits it out. So there, there goes my theory earlier that I guess they can eat food. I don't know. Well, I think he's trying to be like, I'm really hungry. Something's wrong. And he took a bite of the candy bar. And it's almost like that episode of Always Sunny in Philadelphia when Frank told that uh, told Matt, um, D and Charlie that he fed them raccoon meat. Or no, they fed yeah. people meat. And so they keep like eating all this weird meat. And they're like, it's the people. We need the people. It's that same kind of thing, probably. Yes. But a cop's questioning him. Why? You, what are you on? All this kind of stuff. But he ends up giving him his, the $3 he needs. He's on the bus. But he's so sick, he has the butt stop and let him off. And he goes back to where May was. She's like, yeah, told you pretty much. And she cuts, cuts her wrist to give him some blood, and they kiss. Dude, they're way too into this whole I love you thing from nothing. I'm just throwing that part out there. Oh, it's like, May has been searching for, like, I need someone to love me. Because as we find out later, Homer's the one that turned May, hoping that, like, they those two would hook up. But Homer's, like, 12. Like, the body yeah. of, like, a 12-year-old. So... May wasn't going for that, so May just found, like, oh, look, there's a good-looking cowboy. We're in love now. <laughs> yeah, you, you just gotta deal with this fraternity. 
And it's not even like they play with like the vampire psychic stuff, like how Bella will make people like fall in love with him. Like it's not like they play with that at all. Even it's just they both happen to love each other. Because even when yeah. Caleb, spoiler alert, is like not a vampire anymore somehow, which I'll get to that. Um, he's still like, I love you. I miss you. Yeah, exactly. Like they're way too into this too cool. Now, granted, they did go through a lot together, so I don't know. Yeah. But the next day, Caleb's parents are talking to the police, still no answers. They're starting to think it was a runaway at this point, and nothing we can really do about that. And they're at the gas station, handing out pictures and everything. Like, have you seen my boy? <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. Where it's just like, they hit the road to, like, um, try to find him. Because at one point, they're like, uh, the cops call, and they're like, where are you? They're like, we're in Waco, Texas. Like, whoa, in, like, Oklahoma... Or what, a couple states away, we found the burn RV. So he's like, well, I was going the wrong way. I guess I'll head north. So are you just going to drive north hoping? Yeah, I mean, I guess it kind of works, to be honest, though. Yeah, true. Caleb tries calling home. There's no answer. He's freaking out. May calms him down. Tells him he's going to have to learn to kill. But I don't want to kill. And she's like, well, just don't think of it as killing. It's just something you need to do. Which is like, she's like really new, so she doesn't like to kill, but she knows she has to. Uh, Severin is like enjoying it. He absolutely loves it. And Jesse is just so over it. He's like, fucking A. Like, I, every day is the same goddamn day since the 1800s. I do like the kill montage of them all getting people while Homer pretends he's wrecked a bike and everything. <laughs> yeah, I like, love he a has a bike. By a bike. He has a, bri- a bike prop. <laughs> yes. Severin gets hitch is hitchhiking, gets picked up by two girls. I'm putting oh. all these people on the death list, just throwing that out there. I love Severin's like him like uh dressing up where he like combed his hair. But he looks so much cooler as like the greaser dude in the leather jacket. Here he looks like he's on his way to like the honky tonk where he's gonna go play the steel guitar. Yes. But and then Jesse and Diamondback pick up a hitchhiker, but it's actually a mugging, and the hitchhiker and another guy try pull guns on him, and they're just pretty much laughing at him because you know what's gonna happen. Oh, because you know how many times do you think this has happened to those two? Of just like yeah, this is like the third one this year. Like thank you for like the drive up service. Yeah. Like oh, you brought but- the food to us. Thanks. May and Caleb are riding with this friendly trucker. And this guy's so nice. He's a hard guy to kill. Start him with a piece of shit person. Yeah, exactly. Go to, like, where, like, later they go to the bar. And, like, uh, everyone's kind of shitty. And, like, you could easily start a fight, like, get mad, and then do it. No, this friendly trucker's like, oh, you two running away together? And they're both like, yeah. And like, oh, well, that's okay. You know, sometimes home really sucks and you do need to get away. Here, let me teach you how to drive a truck. That's a really good skill. And so he's teaching them how to drive a truck. <laughs> like, out of the kindness yeah. of his heart. He's like, here, you want some beer? You want some cigarettes? Like, he's offering up all of his stuff. Yeah, and he can't do it. He has him pull over. Then May bites him anyway and then gives him some of her blood again. Yeah, and this is, is this where Caleb is like, getting really into, like, he's, like, taking a lot of her blood, and, like, May has to fight her arm away from him, and Caleb falls back, he has this huge smile on his face, because he's a vampire that just got blood. And May's like, you can't do that, if you take too much, you'll kill me. (laughs) 
Um, and here's where the vampires go to the bar. It legit the highlight of the movie for me, dude. Makes the entire movie worth it. If all the rest of the movie sucked and this scene was still this scene, I'd still be like, let's cover it. Yeah, exactly. I love the appearance of them where they're on the hill, like backlit by the moon, and it's just like they're silhouettes. Yeah, when they're walking down to it and everything. It's yeah. just really cool, like all the vampires descending upon this bar. And it's like they kick the door open. And um, what was the really bad bar in SpongeBob? Oh, um, not Weenie Hut Juniors. That was the other one. No, that's the one the, they the like. Salty Spittoon. It's like yeah, it's like the Salty Spittoon from SpongeBob, where they go like busting in, and it's all like the worst, like most badass like guys. But the vampires bust in, and it's almost like all the badass guys like get a whiff of like, oh, they're more badass. We better not fuck with them too much, because everyone just gets real on edge. And, like, the bartender's just like, what can we get for you guys? And It reminds me of that opening scene from Terminator a little bit, the I need to close your boots to your motorcycle. Very interesting you said that. One of the bar um, people is the guy from Terminator 2 that uh, puts his cigar out on Arnold, that guy. The oh, guy, no, sure. okay. the same guy that gets thrown um, into the pool table. Oh, perfect. Okay. Yeah. But... They go in, and Severin's just pissing off everybody right away, and... Well, he sits down, he spills the guy's drink, which is, like, the worst thing you can do to a badass biker, like, redneck guy, because he's like, you spilled my drink. And it's like, well, it looks like I did you a favor, because it looks like piss, is basically his, like, reaction to it. Yeah, he orders him another one, and he's like, and get one for me, too, he goes... Those are on him. He puts his face in his beard like it gives himself a little foam beard. He's just having fun with this guy. And the, like, hardcore dude doesn't exactly know what to make of him. Because he's like, oh, because Severin takes the shot. It's like, well, if you're not going to serve me, I'll take his. And he takes the shot and spits it in the guy's face immediately. It's like, you drank this swill? Yeah. But what do you even make of this situation? (laughs) Yeah, like, you're really trying to start a fight, and that makes me nervous. <laughs> and at this point, a fight is about to break out, and Severin holds Caleb to get punched. He's like, go ahead, fight back. Go ahead and hit him. He needs to learn a little bit. And the dude's just punching Caleb. Yeah, Caleb gets hit, like, twice in the face and in the gut. And then he kind of stands up and looks at Severin, and he's like, see? He's like, give him a punch back. And Caleb punches him, and he goes flying back into the pool table. Um. Our actor turns into a stuntman whose wig falls off. (laughs) (laughs) And then Caleb does a, did I do that? Line. Yeah. (laughs) And then it's funny because the rest of the table's like uh, laughing at him. They're like, he's like, did we do that? Well, because it's only Severin and Caleb at the bar. Diamondback, Homer, May, and Jesse are all at a table and their server's over to them and everything. And, Jesse's kind of hitting on her and everything, and he goes to her and says, your skin is as soft as a preacher's belly. Yes. I also love, Homer is a small child in all these people's eyes. They don't know he's like 70 or whatever he is. He's like, shot of tequila. The bartender's like, sure. Serves him the shot of tequila, just like, I'm not even questioning anything. I'm not going to cause trouble. I love the um, 80s. Jesse's like, I want a beer and a glass. And then he, she comes over. He's like, I just need the glass. 
And the whole time Diamondback's just kind of smiling, like, I know what you're going to do. Yeah, because Diamondback slits the server's throat and all the blood goes into the glass. And then Severin's, like, messing with this other guy, backing him up, and, who pulls a knife on Severin, but he doesn't care anyway. He's putting his throat right up to it. He's basically just saying he fucked his mom the whole time to him. Yeah. And... He snaps his neck and then bites him, comes up, his face is all bloody and everything. Like, it's finger-licking good! I love that line. Um, it's also great. Is this, too, where, like, Severin's getting choked at one point? And he's almost like, oh, no! Oh, no! And he starts laughing at the guy, not it's, knowing it's what... It's being held up to his throat. Yeah. It's him having the knife up to his throat, yeah. Um, the bartender has a shotgun and shoots Caleb right in the gut with it. But he's okay, because he's a vampire. And Severin names the bartender Mr. Pig Knuckle, and then <laughs> kills him with his own spurs. He jumps up and like just kicks him with the back of his foot and sl- slices his throat. And he does the great bar fight thing you gotta do, where you walk across the bar and break all the glasses. Yes. Uh, the guy who was thrown into the table earlier starts running away, and Homer shoots him. Yes. So they're all getting their kills in, and... May goes up to the guy who's playing pool, who has not left for some reason at this point, and asks him to dance. And he's like, no, come on, dance with me. They start dancing, and this makes Caleb jealous. And the guy dives out the window, though, gets away. And they're like, that one's yours. Caleb follows him as the vampires, the rest of them, torch the bar. Didn't this guy look kind of like Clint Howard? A little bit. Like a young Clint Howard? Yeah, I can see it. Like, to the point, I'm like, is Clint Howard in this movie? And I was like, no. (laughs) Caleb catches up to the guy, and he begs for his life, and Caleb lets him go, which was a terrible mistake for their next day. Yeah, well, because they, like, barely get away. Um, They drive away in a van, I believe. And finally, they get a van, but this one has more windows than the last one. It's great, because they pull up to this, like, shitty motel. It looks like the Devil's Rejects Motel. Yeah. Um, and he goes in, Jesse goes in, he's banging, banging, banging on the bell. And finally the guy, the old man comes out scratching himself, like waking up. And uh, Jesse's like, I need a room for right now. Here's fucking $10. Give me the key. And the hotel's guy's like, didn't you come through here before, like a really long time ago? And I believe this is Jesse telling the truth where he's like, yeah, I always come through the shithole about every 50 years. Yeah, and of course the guy thinks he's just being a sarcastic asshole, but it's the truth. But I like to think it's like, it was like, the guy's like, first year on that job. He's like, gee, Jolly G. Willikers, like, I can't wait to run this motel. Yeah. And then like, he's a kid working with his dad who owned the motel or something, and he saw this guy come through. Yeah, exactly. Um, They're all in the motel room, blinds are shut, they're all sleeping, but then they get a loud knock on the door in the morning, and it's the police. They're like, we have the place surrounded. And I love how Severin's like, it's checkout time. <laughs> yes. And they have poor um, knockoff Clint Howard in the back of the police car. Did you need to bring him to catching the criminals? Maybe to identify the van. Okay, but then he can go away. Why is there a <laughs> civilian there? Good point. <laughs> It's also great because, like, the old man motel owner's, like, peeking out the window, like, what's going on? This is the most action I've seen in 30 years. But, yeah, Severin with the fucking line, checkout time, holds the shotgun up to the door and just blasts the cop right on the other side. Dude, a vampire shootout in a motel. (laughs) This is awesome. I fucking love it, man. 
And it's really cool, too, because it's not like a motel where it's like all the rooms are connected. It's its own like little hut thing. So yeah. they can surround it and just pepper it with bullets, which is the middle of the day. So the bullets go through and it's a little peak of sunlight right there. So that's really what's fucking these guys up. People of a certain age will remember the Freak on a Leash music video by Korn with all the bullets flying through, all the little beams of light coming through, just like that. It's Korn! <laughs> but Caleb, because this is all his fault, decides he's going to make the sacrifice play and run out for the van. They're like, you're going to die! You're funeral! He puts a blanket over him and runs out to the van. And I love, He's getting shot, because like one of them's out here. He gets yeah. shot in the chest, keeps going. They shoot his fucking knees, and he keeps going. And they have to be, what the hell, this guy we keep shooting, and is now starting to catch on fire, mind you, because it's daylight. He's a, doing a full burn, like... Yeah. Some stuntman is doing a live burn running to this van, and it's awesome looking. And it's great, too, because it's like slow-mo at certain points where he's running, the blanket's on fire. Then you see him get into the van, and he's still on fire, which I'm glad, too. Like, this is something I like about this movie, is it's not afraid to be dirty, because none of no. them are ever clean. Of they, It is kind of grimy. He gets in the van on fire, and now the van's full of smoke for the rest of the movie. Yep. Well, they don't have the van for much longer because he drives the van through the motel room. They all get in and they leave. They get away. Victory. And they swap vehicles again right here. Yes. And I don't know why Caleb did this because he's like, he just let knockoff Clint Howard go. And they were talking about you really fucked up. Like you really fucked us. Like you are going to take care of you basically at any time now. And then he like risks his neck to like go get the van and save them. Which now, because they, they, they switch out cars and they get a new hotel room, and they're like, well, that bought you a few days, because they're all like, uh, Homer go, comes over and shakes his hand, but he does the like, ooh, almost thing, like fucking stupid kid, and then he does shake his hand. Severin gives him one of his spurs. Jesse gives him like a nice little, like, at your boy. <laughs> yeah, this was his redemption. He's like, I'm going to earn my place. I, I fucked up. I'm going to do it right this time. That's what it was. Yeah. But they get to the new motel. And this is where he asks, Jesse, by the way, how old are you? He goes, well, let's just say I was in the Civil War. I fought for the South. Look, Jesse, let's not bring up that you were on the losing team this many years later. Just throwing that out. Caleb and May are outside. All the others are inside playing poker. But Homer goes for a walk out there and sees a little girl. And he starts talking to her at the soda machine. He invites her to watch TV with him. Is it a colored TV? Oh, the 80s. And <laughs> his plan is, hey, I'm a eternal vampire stuck in a child's body. And I'm going to make another one like that. So I have someone for me. Right. Where, like, I tried to go a little younger with May. That wasn't young enough. Now I have to go, like creepy young because it's really is weird because homer he looks like a 12 year old but he's like even makes a couple comments throughout the movie of like i'm an old man in a little boy's body like you don't know what that's like so he sees like another girl like a girl that's around what his age looks like and it's like i guess i'll turn her and then eventually <laughs> one thing will lead to another it's so weird no like homer's just home motivation behind wanting to turn this little girl. Yeah, it is odd. I I don't know how to approach the situation. I don't that's know. What, yeah, that's why it's like, it's just so odd and weird. But it 
Caleb and May come back to the room and then realizes who this little girl is. It's his sister, Sarah. They were apparently right on their trail because they're at the same motel. Yeah. The dad comes in and awkward, like, Caleb, what have you done? He goes, I'm with them now. And Homer's going to turn her. And it's this big thing. This shot is awesome because the dad shoots Jesse right in the yeah. chest. And then Jesse coughs up the bullet and puts it in the dad's shirt pocket, like pats it. And like, here, that's for you. Yeah. Uh, Sarah opens the door. They run, Dad and Sarah, and Caleb goes with them. They get back to the house. And he's like, let's get you to a hospital. He goes, no hospital. You can't do that. I'll die. It's really a great scene when Caleb's sister opens the door and uh, the sunlight hits all the vampires and they just turn into wild animals. Like, if you've ever, like... You've seen, like, those videos of cats going insane, like, at a person or something. It's that kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. But they're, they're on the way back and everything. Jesse's explaining... I mean, not Jesse. Caleb's explaining it the best he can. Yeah, this is where it's all of, like, Jesse... Uh, Caleb's dad wants him to, to, wants to take Caleb to a hospital, and Caleb's like, no, that won't work. And then out of nowhere, Caleb's like, have you ever done a blood transfusion on a person? And it's like, well, would hope not. He's a vet. But that is the big thing of this movie. Of In this universe, a blood transfusion will cure you from being a vampire. Which I wonder if Caleb had gone to the rest of the crew and been like, hey, I know how to cure us if you want. I wonder how many of them have been like, oh, fuck yes, we hate this life. Like, we never have anything except for, like, the jacket that we're wearing. We constantly have to, like, ditch everything completely. I'm, I'm okay with this blood transfusion thing in this world, because every version of the classic monsters has their own set of rules. If you want to say you can do that, fine. What I'm not okay with is that May's talking about how she fought it, she didn't like it at the beginning and everything, and wished to change. So she wanted to turn back. This thought had never crossed her mind, too, or anything like that. That's what drives me nuts. Is like yeah. if no one else ever wanted to change back, perfect. But when you throw that line in there and then it's so simple to change back, then I'm a little annoyed. And it's not like this is a glorious vampire life. You don't have Christopher Lee hot hammer women following you around. This is dirty, shitty, like Western vampires where you're covered in like shit and mud all the time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the best thing you had throughout the entire movie is when you lived in a camper. Yeah, and then you had to burn that. Yeah, the, now you're in, like, a, what, a station wagon. Are you on your way to see, uh, what's the National Lampoon's vacation tour? <laughs> like, Oh, I know, yeah. Holiday road! <laughs> but the blood transfusion worked fine. Later, they're having dinner as a family together again. Uh, dad, Caleb, and Sarah. Sarah goes to bed. Caleb hears a noise, goes out to check, thinks it's one of the animals or something, but it's May. She sits there, and they kiss, and she realizes he's a human again, gets kind of scared and leaves. But then Sarah's gone. Uh-oh. Yeah, she's like, you're warm. Why are you warm? This is also another thing of Caleb and his family didn't think, like, they know where Caleb lives. Yeah. They even mentioned, they like, there. We, there were witnesses. Like, now you also know what they look like. So it's like, oh yeah, that was that old man that saw us when we picked him up. No point part of you is like, hey, my son got kidnapped by this gang. 
and they would know where we live. They might come back. Have the police surround our house. Do something. Yeah, exactly. Have like or, sunlight. <laughs> I don't know. Bright lights that imitate the sun. I don't know. Stay with a friend for a little while. <laughs> but he goes to go drive away to save Sarah, but his truck tires are slashed. So he takes the horse and oh, our cowboys out to save his sister. Yeah, of course. They, they keep setting up this horse thing. So it's him riding the horse down the middle of Main Street. That no one else is on, by the way. Because he's yeah. riding the horse on Main Street, and he gets thrown off his horse by Severin, thrown down into the road, and Caleb flags down this truck that's coming down, and the trucker gets shot right away by Severin. Because <laughs> the trucker's like, get the fuck off my truck! What are you doing? And Caleb's like, you don't understand! And Severin shoots him in the head. Caleb, like, pushes him over to the passenger seat, looks at him, he's like, sorry, man. But this is cool, because it was set up earlier when that nice trucker was explaining to him how to drive these. He knows yeah. how. He starts it up and runs over Severin. Can't be that simple, right? No, it's not, because Severin's climbing up. This scene's awesome, Brett. I fucking love it. He punches through the hood of the truck and just starts ripping shit out. I don't know what it is. Like, there's metal chunks, <laughs> wires, like, belts just flying behind it as the truck starts smoking and everything. But as he's going, uh, Caleb jumps out of the truck right before the explosion while Severin was still on it. And we know this kills him because his little buttons fly out in the spurs. Yes, because his spur hits the ground. So I guess if you... This isn't Monster Squad rules. Where Remember the werewolf got blown up and he reformed? I guess if yeah. you fuck a vampire up enough, it will just die. Yeah. I like that it's like a video game thing when you beat the bad guy and you pick up all the loot. Like the oh, spurs yeah. and the buttons and stuff. Yeah, because he grabs the spur and like flips it in his hand. Jesse, May, and Homer are in a car on the road. And they have Sarah in there with her. But Sarah gets free and saves him just in the nick of time from Diamondback, who's about to shoot him behind. And they run back home. But I guess the car just took a really long time because the car catches up with them in the field right outside the house. And yeah. sun's coming up, though. It's way too early for this. They're going to have to stay in their house at this point. They take Sarah again. The sun's rising. May jumps out of the car with Sarah. She's making a choice here. She's right. going to save the little girl. and. Homer jumps out. I was like, that's my wife! He just yeah, say that. <laughs> but he, he goes running after, after her. her. And this scene, it's so fucking gruesome, but also awesome. Because Homer's running, and the effect isn't really good anymore of the fire, because it's not a real no, They used the on good fire. ones up earlier. They should have set the child on fire. Um, yes. But <laughs> it's like kind of like a plug-in effect. It wasn't great, but it's like you get the point. Like, it gets across. But yeah. he's running, he's turning black, and he's getting all charred, and finally he just stops in the middle of the road, like, kind of hunched over, screaming, and explodes. Yep. And this whole time, Diamondback's like, my kid! Because it's like her, like, stepkid almost, like, she made a child a vampire thing. <laughs> yep. Her and Jesse are in the car, and it doesn't have any of its, like, blacked out stuff. You see him, like, kind of makeshift, like, throw some aluminum foil, but it's not working. It's not finished. And, no, they're burning, and they have, like, a little touching moment, like, how long it's been or something like that, right before they burn up and explode in the car. Yeah, it's like they're super pissed off at Caleb. It's like they know at this point they're fucked because Caleb is going to get away. Too many people know about them. And a part of them has to be like, is this really worth it to keep going? What are we fighting for? 
Yeah. And here's the thing. May just has plot armor. That's what she has. She's the main character. Because she was out in the sun first. Yeah, and she just has, like, a denim jacket over her face, and that's fine. When earlier, Caleb had a full blanket and was caught on fire. Yes. No, but May's just so pure of heart, even though she's a vicious murderer who knowingly killed many, many people. Yeah, they get her to the house, and they give her the blood transfusion, and she's human again. I don't know how long she's been a vampire, but long enough to not be used to this. It was something about, like, four years, because at one point when May and Caleb are having, like, one of their little heart-to-heart, like, Romeo and Juliet-type talks, it's, uh, Homer was pretending to be a kid, and May was in high school, and, uh, Homer wanted her to come over to help him with his homework, and that's when he got her. But she's human again now, and she's like, I'm afraid, like, it's just the sun, and then credits and it, it pauses as that they're in a hug and it does that like pause on the frame at the end of the movie and then here comes the sun do comes on but it's also it's like she sees the sun she's like i'm scared and caleb's like it's okay it's like no she's gonna be deeply traumatized yeah you were this for like four days and you're shook up she's been this for a few years and what they have to eat a person every night they say at one yeah. point or basically every day so that's four years worth of people she's killed. Yep. You want but, this yep. around? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's Near Dark, dude. Fun movie. Yeah, I love Near Dark. I'm so glad you finally got to see it because, like you said, this is one... I finally saw it the first time because Shudder put it on for like a little bit and then they took it off. Like It's one of those movies that popped up for like a month and then went away. And then it was like, fuck, I want to always find it again. I'm so glad you found it and we got to do this. Yeah. Um, I hope this was a fun addition to Throbtober for everybody, but you ready for Count of the Dead? Yeah, let's get into the Count of the Dead. Ah, ah, ah. All right, the Throbbing Horror Count of the Dead is where we tally up all the deaths in the movie. Where do you think we got with Near Dark? Um, And the Vampires Count, I would guess. The Vampires Count, they're humans that just live for a long time. Right. And these vampires die really easily. Not the most easy of vampires died. That would be Shower Vampire. Yeah, I was just about to say it if you didn't. That was horrible. Um, so I'm not. I didn't really keep like track of this. So this is a shot in the dark. Let's say 16. Well, for a shot in the dark, you hit a fucking bullseye. It was 16. What? Holy shit! Look at me go. Where's Rob over? That's great. Count of the Dead. Ah, ah, ah. Now we're getting into my ratings from Dimension Z. Cry Littles. Oh, wrong vampire movie. (laughs) That's the other 1987 vampire movie where a girl vampire lures the good looking guy into being a vampire, but the guy doesn't fully turn into the vampire because he doesn't want to kill anybody. And then at the very end, the vampires are taken out. (laughs) Back at the guy's house. Yes. Uh, so basically, I'll take something from the movie and I'll rate the movie one through ten, one being the worst and ten being the best. Now come up with that thing right now. I'm going to do versions of vampires that you could be because there's all kinds of different lures in these movies. Some are amazing and they have great lives. Others have really shitty, dirty lives. Okay. So you become a vampire. Which universe do you get? Um, a number one version, I gotta go with the near-dark vampires, because these guys, there's nothing 
like whimsical or like, oh my God, like we can, like she's like romanticizing of like in a billion years when the light from that star gets here, I'll still be here. And at one point she's like, we can do whatever we want to, but all you ever do is stay in shitty motels and kill people and be dirty. I w- Did you ever see 30 Days of Night? No. I was gonna say, that'd be my, they're almost more animalistic, like, that. that's like, this doesn't seem fun in eternal life at all. I got you, though. But, yeah, I'm not a huge fan of the animal vampire, when no, it's just, either. they turn into a big, monster. Yeah. Um, a number 10 version of a vampire, the best vampire you could be, is the greatest actor that's ever lived, Bela Lugosi, as Dracula. Yeah, Bella Lugosi's Dracula because he's got the big grand castle. He's the very well-respected kind of gentleman where he can blend into society. And London, he has his wives. You know, the townspeople are afraid of him. He doesn't have to live in a shitty RV. No, he goes to the opera. He has a nice time. Yeah, um, I'm going to give Near Dark eight versions of vampires. You could be out of ten. So I'm going to like I don't know. Christopher Lee-ish, maybe a little step down from that, but uh, I really enjoy Near Dark quite a bit. It's one of uh, one of my favorite vampire movies, I would say. Top ten. Yeah, it's it's really good. I went almost exactly with you. I went eight point five vampires out of ten. Oh, good. I'm glad you liked it so much. So I'm thinking like the Lost Boys vampires. I'm hanging out like yeah. at a beach pier all the time, riding dirt bikes in the sand. You know what? I'll be saying. You know what I always hated about this town? Oh, the goddamn vampires. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is a fun one. I'm glad we got to do this. Me too. And I'm glad someone else picked a vampire movie. It's not just me. Well, like I said, I always want to, but then he picks so many. I'm like, well, I have to put the brakes in for this. But unless you have anything else, man. No, that's it. Hope everyone's enjoying October. Yes. So you should be so excited to be in the month of October right now. Sadly, I am speaking. Like we definitely to you are. Like we the... definitely are. <laughs> <laughs> you enjoy October as much as you can because you know November first will come at some point, and that's the worst day of the entire year. But happy Throbtober! We hope you're enjoying it, and we hope that near dark has left your brain throbbing with horror. Alright, that's the end of the episode, guys. You know the drill. Follow us on all the social medias. Just look for the Throbbing with Horror Pumpkin. Please rate us five stars on whatever podcast platform you're listening to. And come back for next week for the next episode.